You're experiencing the Authentic Chaos Podcast, an exploration into our inner selves and journeys of self-discovery. I'm your host, Vahagan Yarnosian, and today I'm joined by this very special host of The Power of Perspective with Stephen Ritchie, Stephen Ritchie himself. Welcome, Stephen. Glad to be on. Thanks so much for having me on again. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, I always um, value our conversations both on and off the camera. And, you know, you're my fellow podcast buddy. So, of course, I have to have you on. Yeah, no, we got we to gotta check in, right? <laughs> yeah. The reason I called you is that I was listening to your episode on spinal health. Highly recommend it. Also, highly recommend checking out Stephen's podcast in general. It's a lot of interesting conversations with a lot of unique people and perspectives. But in the spinal health one, I was actually doing yoga at the time as I was listening to it. And I was reflecting on how yoga has been an important part of my journey in improving my spinal health. And not only that, but we kind of bonded over yoga when we first met in Thailand, what feels like ages ago, but was just like six months (laughs) ago now. (laughs) Time flies, eh? No, I mean, it was a, you know, a like point. I think we both have quite an interest in it and we are in Buddhist countries and this quite a mindfulness sort of element I think it's a good one to I suppose bond over yeah Yeah. I even remember doing a I think it was maybe Laos where when I I kind of brought up my mats and we were like you're like hey what do you think about this and this and it was kind of nice just to have someone kind of giving some nice input on a bit of yoga Yeah, I distinctly remember seeing the Mekong River Valley uh, over the balcony as you were like doing yoga on your mat. And you actually traveled all throughout Asia with your yoga mat, which I thought was really impressive. You rarely see people like go travel across the world with their yoga mat. That's a real dedication. Yeah, I mean, that yoga mat is probably more traveled than a lot of the people I know now. It's <laughs> gone through <laughs> all over South Africa, and now it's gone all over, you know, Southeast Asia. <laughs> the scene is, you know, me with my backpack and this yoga mat and my ergonomic pillow, and just like that. Actually, funny enough, on the mat, I remember when we were on the river in Thailand, when we just gone to those amazing jungle that hotel that floats on the river there you know we come back on the boat and i actually dropped the the yoga mat i think and the guy had to catch it before it like fell into the water so (laughs) it almost it almost met a bitter end but it luckily it got to finish its journeys it was such a good idea because you know we had such beautiful locations and also i think it's good to keep up with some of your routines you know, like holiday is really cool because you get all this other exposure. But I also think it's good to keep up with the things that you really enjoy that you bring with you, as well as what you take in as you get to where you're going. And this is one of the things I enjoy. I think that's an important thing to perspective to bring in that like, yeah, when you're traveling to new places and you're on holiday, it's good to get the novelty. But we also need something to ground us. And our routines that we have in our normal lives are very grounding. And yoga itself no, is no. very grounding. No, exactly. It's like a, a moment to, to touch base and just enjoy a bit of peace, a bit of exercise, kind of in your own space, maybe reflect a bit. So it's good that you didn't lose your yoga mat to the River Kwai, uh, just for the 
people listening. It was a very fast river. So if it did like fall into the water without any security, it was most likely gone. Like this. Yeah, river no, I mean, was... this guy literally had to like lunge and grab it while yeah. it was going off. My man. <laughs> it was a fast flowing river. So good for him. <laughs> he knew the importance. <laughs> I wonder if I would have dived in after. <laughs> so, I mean, seeing how have, like yeah. how powerful of a swimmer you were, I would not be surprised if you would try to dive in after it. Yeah. The ultimate adversary in the swimming world is going against that river. We had this the most fun activity. I think everyone at the hotel did it like, you know, once or twice or so on. But I was there for like for ages. Basically, you run up to the top of the hotel, to, you know, up the river. You put on your life jacket from the down up. So it's kind of like a nappy jump in the water and you kind of just float down. But then like as I'm doing that, I try to swim up river and I don't know, it was so fun to me. And then at the bottom, you have to catch like this ladder. Otherwise, you're just going to go off into the river abyss. So that's kind of exciting. Yeah. And the ladders were colored and green, yellow, red. And you wanted to make sure to grab before the red because the red one was the last ladder and they would have to go send us a rescue boat after (laughs) you. A few of us were watching as Stephen was just swimming his heart out. This was a very fast river and he was only able to just keep his location, like just matching the river's speed, which was still really impressive. (laughs) (laughs) Somewhat demotivating. You're at like full sprint and you look to the side and you're like exactly where you were. (laughs) You know, maybe that's a good analogy for life. Sometimes you put in all the effort you can and you realize you haven't really made that much progress. But maybe in taking everything together, maybe you have made a decent amount of progress. To continue that, you know, maybe it's... Not about the destination, but the progress you make along the way, even if along the way is staying where you are, reminiscing in the cold embrace. (laughs) And I think that's a great segue, too, into yoga, because what a lot of people see in yoga is the destination. You know, you'll see people on Instagram who are doing these crazy back bends, like putting their bodies into knots, basically, or like doing these splits and like crazy handstands. And you're like, whoa, that's insane. I don't know if I'll ever get there. So I might not even want to try because it seems like a crazy journey. And for me, like, yeah, I've been practicing yoga for several years now and I'm not able to do a split or crazy back bends but comparing where i was and when i started my journey i'm i've significantly changed yeah so my experience i think yoga is the the most for everyone that also kind of scares people off but actually as an activity it's so accessible to a lot of people but i think it's very different from the normal sort of day-to-day life even you know people doing things like running to a very different yoga and poses and things. And you often see people most often who are doing it are the enthusiasts who have been doing it for ages, which is why you're probably seeing them a lot. And yeah, they're doing extreme poses as like a progression that they've reached and a way to just kind of push the boundaries and, you know, just really add to their enjoyment and a sense of accomplishment. And to a new person, I mean, you got that same journey, you know, day one, you, you do the very basic poses, but then it's actually like fairly quickly, you start trying a little bit of a pose that's a bit more advanced, a bit more spicy and uh, like, we love the like, spicy poses. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them you're like, oh, wow. <laughs> Can my arm go there? <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like playing Twister in the air. 
but you know the sense of progression i think is very welcoming and it's just kind of fun and there's no competition you know it's everyone's there just to kind of grow in the experience themselves and it's a life journey in the sense that there's not like a cool, I've uh, completed yoga, ticks, I've got my yoga participant qualification and, you know, I guess that's all I can do. And it's not even about that. It's just about cultivating your enjoyment and creating a passion in it and kind of seeing your body, how it responds and how your body actually really enjoys the experience. And it's like a body-mind connection, right? It's like you do it, you feel good, and then your body feels really good and there's kind of this something about it that i think really draws people in yeah in fact i like the the whole body mind connection and if you've been listening to this podcast enough you know that i'm all about body mind emotional connection all the like being oh this whole connectivity and yoga is perfect for this because the origins of yoga are all about like this sanskrit itself for yoga was all about connecting the body with the divine The oldest references we have to yoga were from like the 5th or 4th century BC. It talks about how yoga is this practice of connecting your mind, body, and spirit with the divine. So yoga was more of a holistic practice rather than this exercise. In fact, yoga as an exercise is kind of contemporary within the last About 100 years ago is when some of the yogis came to, I think it was Sweden, to present because the Kingdom of Sweden wanted a a program for general exercise that anyone could get into. Like you said, right? Like yoga is very accessible for everyone. You don't need any equipment. You just use your body weight and you just do stretches, but also flows and movement. And so that is what kind of... It was that outreach, that intention of creating this accessible workout that created this idea of yoga as a merely physical exercise. It's actually very interesting that they took it on. Yeah, it's the typical, <laughs> I don't know if it's appropriation, but it is taking sort of the what you see from a distance of something yeah. and just pulling it in and making that the thing itself. But I think almost, you know, part of that goes into, you know, meditation as a practice, which is more maybe focused on the mind. But then yoga kind of, adds to that or differentiates to that in the way it takes the body. Now it's about movements and poses and a bit of strength and concentration, right? Mm. Meditation, there's concentration of controlling thought. But yoga, there's an extension of that where it's also controlling your movements and your breathing when it's not in the ideal conditions almost to control it. You know, there's a bit of heart rate, a bit of, you know, this, that, a bit of sweat. But it is interesting how it sort of got pulled into that environment yeah yoga and meditation actually kind of developed or like seated meditations that we know of uh, developed in a kind of similar environment and similar time frame too they're both like around that period that they were developed as a practice and so like i view yoga as a moving meditation whereas most people view meditation as just a seated meditation vipassana is what it's what people normally like know of as meditation where you're just sitting and like concentrating on your breath But yoga is actually very similar to that because you still have to focus on your breath. In fact, some yoga teachings say that the breath is the most important aspect of yoga. It's not like how many backbends you can do or what not crazy knots you can do, but you let your 
breath be your guide. Like if you can do like steady, calm breaths the whole way through, your body is accepting the practice and accepting the gifts, the stretches and the movements. There's this, I think, principle that comes out in yoga and maybe is what it adds in a way is the idea of flow. You know, flow is basically this synchronicity between the mind and your movements at a sort of a high level. So when you know you require that absolute focus because the challenge that's there, that kind of creates a state, uh, hence the flow, mm-hmm. and that almost creates a different chemical process in the brain that's very enjoyable. But flow doesn't happen at low-level activity. So if it's very easy and stuff, you're not going to get into flow. But if you're doing this kind of more challenging, more physical thing, but also there's a mental aspect you know, concentration, breathing, and just, you know, controlling your body, that intensity, or at least a number of things involved, will essentially, like flow is literally like activated. And it's a very pleasurable, very rewarding in terms of chemical. And flow can be extended to other things. So like, you know, in studies of flow, you know, even when working environments, people who like maybe do tasks that, you know, don't seem very interesting, but maybe are actually, if it triggers a state of flow, there's mm. a maybe enjoyment and a great benefit of it. I think in you know, rock climbing, I get a strong sense of flow, you know, because this is a concentration, it's self-trust, and, you know, there's little room for error. And think about it, you're doing hard work, you're doing labor. So why is it enjoyable, right? It's just a, it's a different type of labor. You mentioned how when you're rock climbing and, like, doing other things, you get into this, like, flow state. How do you experience this flow state? Like, how does it feel for you? I think there's, it's interesting because there's an intensity, but there's also almost a calmness of it as well. There's something so unique about it and so cool. It's just like not worrying about, you know, anything. You're blurring out the outside world Mm -hmm. and, you know, even the senses of, you know, the implications of feeling pain and or, you know, what's on your mind. It all just blurs out and to this singular task, this kind of singular purpose that your body almost goes to like, you know, like 110%, everything's firing in sync, working as a cohesive unit. And maybe even empowering to feel like just, you know, being able to work this effectively and, you know, do these things. But also just doing it is, I think it's almost truly enjoying the activity and the moment, purely for the skill itself just exercising it and you know it's not about like the reward at the end or the looking forward to the endorphins and stuff it's purely just i think really appreciating what you're doing for what it is Mm -hmm. and just taking pride and enjoyment of executing something you know it takes a bit more than almost prove something to yourself you know wow i can do this thing you know but it requires something yeah so it's like you're less focused on the destination you're more focused on the you're appreciating the journey yeah as like a comparison to ideas usually expressed on mindfulness where it's about you know appreciating what you're doing in the current moment and you can almost see it as that in a way because everything else is blurred out um it's even though it's not this kind of meditation in the sense of concentrating on your thoughts but it's almost concentrating on the thoughts directly linked to the activity itself and thoughts to the movements and feeling your body understanding and having just that absolute awareness and so maybe it could be seen as a type of meditative thing but it's definitely a very interesting thing and both scientific literature and also my personal experience i I recommend find 
flow states out there in the world, you know. Find an activity that takes a high level of skill and effort for you where you are, you know, in yourself, something that gives that challenge and requires that focus. You, you can't cl- climb a mountain, you know, like half focusing on your phone, right? Being in an advanced pose, you know, it's you're going to be wobbling a bit if you like staring all over the room. You might have to focus on a spot. Or so, even if your mind, like sometimes if you're thinking about other things, like that can throw off your balance. It can get you out yeah. of this flow. Yeah, it's the ultimate being in the moment. I think that's that's kind of really a nice thing it's amazing what just being in the the moment and i think it's like realizing that not every maybe fulfilling thought and enjoyment is like this whole almost admiring the long run some of it's just about you know really doing something well that's meaningful and just enjoyable yeah and in some ways it's like more powerful because like hearing you describe this flow state and hearing other people talk about these benefits of like it's like truly being in the present and it like it fills you with at least when i get into this state like when i'm doing yoga or something similar or like paddle boarding i just feel like this euphoria like a harmony that everything within my whole system my mind my feelings my body are all aligned around the same goal and doing the same thing and like all in sync and it's like it's harmony yeah in the moment almost a good sense of purpose it's like just do this my hobby slash professional pursuits the fire dancing and the led dancing now which is new what is the led dancing well it's kind of the same but with light so um so that you do indoor venues so for instance i'm getting hired by big uh, party type thing so like you know there's a big dj there's a floor of dancers you know everyone's going crazy and wild then we have like stages at the front depending on the venue and you know we're up there just you know playing with our LED toys, you know, when it's the poi or like, you know, LED staff with like flashing lights on either end. And, you know, the lights make like beautiful patterns and they can be even trippy to, you know, the people going for that trippier sort of vibe. That's so fun. Um, (laughs) And they're very intelligent now. Like as you, you know, sway the lights, like the accelerometer will change the lighting accordingly. And if you look at photography, it creates very unique photography. Light moving in multiple colors, very fast, in very distinct patterns, even to someone who's watching, it's kind of cool. So in its own way, it's a nice thing. So that's all the flow arts, right? Flow arts is the same idea. It's triggering the flow state through a movement practice that has an intensity and a high skill barrier to it. And to add the extra layer, you know, when you add fire, there's even more flow because then you add a bit of stakes to something that's already high skill and you know, high focus. That activity is almost designed to trigger flow state, which is kind of where the name kind of developed. But, you know, you can find the flow state in every area of hobbies and enjoyment. There's a lot of ways to find it, but I think it's really valuable to find things that trigger that in you and just give you pleasure for what you're doing. What is an unexpected air, like way that you've triggered your flow state? would not initially have expected to like be a flow but just kind of triggered a flow although one part of it is that there's a bit of intention like you almost you do the challenge because you want to do the challenge so in that sense a lot of it is proactive sort of choice i can think of an example though so i'm a, a software developer um as you may know basically 
when I get deep into code, there's a certain intensity of this kind of emergence of creativity and problem solving at a very like high level where there's lots of things to track and a lot of broader concepts stacked on, you know, more technical things. And so this problems and there's a lot to juggle because, you know, if you forget one thing or you make one misstep or you make one flawed choice in your process, there's a lot of repercussions. Now you're going to be fixing it and having to, you know, almost sometimes tear it up from scratch if enough went wrong. So there's that stakes and that level of problem and that expertise. This is, doesn't involve the physical though, which really enhances flow. But I did find in this maybe mental sort of activity, I could blow out for hours, you know. <laughs> and there kind of is a physical in a way. You're not moving your whole body, but you're still moving your fingers. I think it definitely has an effect in its own way, but it's not traditional ideas of flow but it is in its own way a type you know people who can like almost prod me with a cattle prod or something and you won't get me to budge because the reason i thought of it as like a flow and experience this way is that everything else just blows out because of the level of concentration i need in this moment and i can be doing this for hours you know i can i can do like four hours in a flow state um with no other thoughts besides what i'm doing in that moment and it's actually really enjoyable and on an activity that maybe doesn't sound so flashy, you know, typing numbers and doing mathy things and maybe designing things, mm-hmm. you know, but when you're in that flow state, it's really, it's cool. It's, it's like, there's a bit of magic there. Sometimes I think, you know, what I do software development is kind of like, is it bland? Kind of sounds bland at some level. And, you know, sometimes I am like doing like, you know, writing documentation or certain aspects of it. And I'm like, you know, what am I doing? This, this isn't, seems so exciting and filling but when you're in that flow state deep in the code it's it can be very rewarding and actually i found like no other academic field did that for me mm-hmm. in the moment having total flow state in just thinking in the academic fields and that's why i think like in terms of this type of a non-physical career it suited me uh, i think because of that but do you get that level of harmony across all of your aspects? Because like, yeah, maybe it's you mentioned like it's really gratifying for you because you're thinking a lot, but you're not moving too much. And you're maybe you're like not feeling so much because it's a very highly analytical area. So would you th- so, say is it, is it a similar flow to what you feel when you're doing like your fire dancing or the poi dancing? Similar, but also different. They both can be really enjoyable, but I do find that the level of flow I can get in the fire spinning is like in its own sort of category. Maybe it's the movement enjoyment, but I think just being in that state of like getting something done so like effectively and just, it's not even about the outcome. It's just kind of enjoying that, that everything kind of connected in your mind. Everything's just all your thoughts and you know, what you're typing and it's all just coming together. And with the movement, it takes that to another tier because now it's like, you know, controlling your body. And I also think the energy aspect kind of adds to it. Yeah. But, you know, don't get me wrong. There's different ways to find flow. But I think there is a an elevation in the physical. You can get it elsewhere for sure. That makes sense. Okay. So we, we're kind of like identifying different types of flow or different types of like these states, right? Like the more rigorously mental is its own kind of flow, but like the the physical with the mental is its own kind of flow. And now I want to like step back a bit and look at the more like a bigger picture. Like people say in life, we should go with the flow, right? Like that's a very common thing. 
What does go with the flow mean to you? So go with the flow is almost a contradictory statement in a way, isn't it? Because, you know, going with the flow in the flow arts or, you know, the, the mental flow state is about precision, focus, and really in the moment what you're doing. And there's an intention there. But when you go with the flow as a person, you almost maybe it's signifying you're going with the flow of the collective. But for on an individual level, I mean, there's not flow because you're just doing whatever. You, there's no intention, just, you know, whatever's happening around you, you go with, you know, there's not a, a skill aspect or a, you know, a deep motivation. It's basically just saying don't exercise intention, just whatever happens, happens. And there's an aspect of sure, don't stress and, you know, just kind of be happy aspect. But it is a detraction from intention. And it also maybe takes away. So go with the flow, but also in socially individual, be like, just accept. And maybe there is good ideas in accepting. But it also means that, you know, don't stick to your ideals and your thoughts. Move away from that and just whatever's thrown at you to accept, you know, if this is the principle that your friends are doing they're like that's a good idea well now it's a good idea you know i don't think you're taking moments to pause when you're going with the flow to reflect to understand and to you know exercise intention and that self-awareness isn't there it's almost moving away from self-awareness and more focusing on what you're doing as opposed to how does that make you feel there's a theme of like unintentionality why do you feel like going with the flow is unintentional I think of it like in a just in the typical like social context, right? So go the flow might be, you know, I have all these ambitions and things or whatever, but you know, do what your friends say or join the activity your friends enjoy or, you know, buy the thing that the media tells you to buy or what you see is what you do. I I think it almost detracts maybe away from awareness. But it can be helpful in certain senses, like when you have problematic things. So you're overthinking things or, you know, there's a lot of worry or, you know, there's overwhelming uncertainty. Maybe it is a way to just say, let's just put that on hold and just go through some motions of life and build a bit of perspective. So here's some of my thoughts on go with the flow. For me, it doesn't mean like do what everyone is telling you to do. That I don't think is the flow. I think the flow is like, let's use the analogy that we used in that river in Thailand, very fast moving. You can choose how you want to live in it. Life is much like that, right? Life is full of uncertainty, full of things we can't control. And for me, going with the flow is partly accepting that a lot of what happens in our lives is without control. But I think that we have still intentionality because we can choose what to do. We can choose to swim up river like you did, like you can expend a lot of energy to try to swim up river, but sometimes the flow is too strong and you're just wearing yourself out. What if instead you waited for a point where the river slowed down? Maybe you want to like get to shore and swimming upstream isn't going to help. So you swim more diagonally. You like recognize the flow of life. And here's an example, stepping out of this analogy, like let's say you have kids, you have this real desire to like quit your job and just do nothing or whatever. Well, unfortunately, the flow of life is saying like, well, you, maybe you need some stability for your kids, but maybe like you can recognize that and say, oh, well, maybe I don't need to work this corporate job. Maybe I can do something else to provide stability for my children while still fulfilling my needs. 
maybe I can't like go party every night anymore, but maybe I can still have a good time with my friends now and then and fulfill my needs that way while recognizing that life is changing around me. So for me, go with the flow means harmonizing yourself with the world around us and with life itself, with uncertainty. So I think maybe this is an example of moving away from expectations and more towards what's right in the moment. You know, instead of saying, you know, this is how life should be and this is the things I should do and value and this is the thing that if I don't get it, you know, this is the path I go on and that maybe is a scary thing to you. You know, sure, there's things that are important to me. You know, sure, there's things that I strive for. But live out, you know, one day at a time. And maybe you realize that there's other things that are important to you. Maybe you realize what you currently want is maybe just, you know, part of a a bigger story. Yeah. I think it's a learning journey, right? Looking at the perspective of you've solved life and, you know, everything you should pursue and do and even think is there. I mean, I don't think we have to think in this, like, perfect way. You know, we have ideas of the world now and sure you should research and plan and try to have a good opinion or just have good insight in making decisions or just, you know, choosing what to do. But at the same time, it's fine to kind of not be perfect or not do something in the the most final form and just acknowledge that you're part of a process that is enjoyable in itself and valuable in itself. And in this kind of thing that's growing, this process that you're building in life, there's a lot of value and enjoyment along the way before you reach these things or don't reach these things, which maybe that's a better outcome because you find other things to reach or not reach. Maybe you're just happy where you are. I think that's a lot of really good things. I liked how you put it that maybe it's about the expectations and living with fewer expectations because What's an expectation, but like a prediction on what life should be like versus accepting how it is like you can expect that tomorrow is going to be a nice, beautiful day. And then what happens if it rains? Are you going to yell at the the clouds for raining on you? No, maybe go outside and see what rain has to offer. You realize that maybe it's kind of beautiful in its own way. Maybe the kind of the rain going on you is calming and therapeutic and maybe you go sing in the rain maybe have a bit of fun maybe don't stress about whether your clothes are going to get wet and how it's just this bad thing that's there almost to take away the thing you wanted you don't always have to have sun sometimes there's rain maybe see what rain's like maybe see what you can find there yeah maybe you you can really hate rain then you know there's other things to do find ways to enjoy the indoors and maybe you can find your flow in the rain too it's funny how we we sometimes fear things and when that thing becomes a reality we just acknowledge well that's just a new i suppose location or, or area to us you know it's a new experience and maybe what that experience really entails or what we can get out of it is nothing like we expected and it's kind of closing yourself off if you know if you have this things where I can only find good in these areas. I can only find bad in these areas without actually ever ever visiting those areas. (laughs) This is not advice to be like, do all the bad things, but more when the bad things around you and avoidable, the conceived bad things, like the the life you didn't expect or the people you didn't expect, maybe give it a chance and, you know, see what it's like to really absorb, embrace even. There's a lot of value in the world that we don't see at face value and you may never see it. Just it might walk right directly towards you and you might, you know, be looking towards the sky and never see it come past unless use awareness and just 
slow down and see what's around you. Yeah. And how can we hope to ever see what's in front of us if our gaze is always in the future, if we're always looking for our expectations, or if our gaze is always in the past, looking at what happened in the past? We have to like live in the moment we have now, in the, in the life we have now. I'd almost give it like a challenge if you can find ways that are almost the things you didn't expect that life would be about. There's something almost, I don't know, if it feels like a progression or a self-growth or a level of insight developed. I'm thinking in school, people used to do like, you know, live action role playing. And oh, yeah. uh, these ideas that these are, you know, almost awful, you know, uninteresting people. What they're doing is unenjoyable and unmeaningful and, you know, time wasting of sorts. And had these ideals for so long. And I wouldn't even, you know, you wouldn't even go near the people or the events you'd steer clear. Later on, you know, by coincidence, or maybe someone pulling on your shirt a bit to give you a bit of a kick, like, hey, try to meet some of the people. You realize, you know, people are people. Sure, they've got things they enjoy, but. They've also got very unique stories with very unique insights. These are people that have maybe lived life journeys that you've never experienced. And that can be so much an offer to, to learn from that. Yeah. And, and you find you know, why they're passionate about it, why they're into it. And it's this beautiful community of very kind of unique that flourishes. It's very supportive. And the activity itself is very interesting, empowering, and almost liberating. It's like living a different life. And there's a coolness in the fact that I thought, oh, that's off limits. Why would I ever have that in my life? And then it was thrown into my life and I gave it a chance. I said, okay, these people seem a bit odd. Let's chat to them. This activity seems a bit odd. Let's give it a go. Let's, you know, let's dress up a bit and, you know, let, let's get into it. And, you know, even if I'm not into it, let's at least make the effort while I'm here. And it paid off so much. You know, now it's like its own passion. And I've met beautiful community of people who have, you know, been drawn to it for, I think, very, maybe even deep reasons. Yeah, there's... There's beauty all over. There's beauty all over. I 100% agree. I think it's a beautiful example of when we live without expectations, we get to see the world as it is rather than how we think it should be. And the world as it is can be a, a place of beauty. You can find beauty in the worst places or what you'd think are the worst places. I sometimes tell people that if I look at my past self, you know, my younger self, and I look at some of the things I'm into, I would be shocked. <laughs> I'd be like, <laughs> you know, at that stage, I'm like, no, those things are awful. That's so lame. You know, that's uncool. That's unrewarding. That's unmeaningful. Those are bad crowds or whatever. And quite a few things in my life, I ended up getting into these things. And I'd be like, my younger self would have been my ultimate critic. But I also learned is that my younger self didn't realize how happy I would be in all these other things. That, that that's like the the level of happiness I reached in the the things that I was so prejudiced against is exceeded my expectations. So you know it's, it's funny. Like my idea of what kind of happiness is was almost under par in both where to get it and what it could be. Yeah. So maybe ultimate critic, but maybe also my younger self look up to me because that I actually found happiness in these things. Do you think it was under par, or do you think it was rather that? your version of happiness was good for you at that point, but then changed. Yeah, I think now just imagining the ideas of what it meant to be happy and what it meant to be fulfilled and the things worth pursuing and the people worth surrounding myself with. I think about that person now, I would be a bit underwhelmed 
it's a hindsight thing, right? When you don't know different, you don't know different. So there's no comparison. But knowing where I am now versus this kind of alternate, I suppose, timeline or path, being that kind of person, it doesn't feel like the same level of fulfilling, you know, everything tastes a bit sweeter and enjoyable. It feels like the sun shines a bit better. And it feels like I have better insights into things. I understand more why those things aren't actually bringing me the same kind of happiness understand what really brings me happiness more so and i think that that insight kind of just makes me think that my younger self saw what they saw but they they saw piece of the picture in fact all the best parts of the the picture were hidden (laughs) and you're still seeing only a piece of that picture too it sounds like you're just you've been going with the flow and your flow has changed over time and it will probably change more Wrapping up all of these topics on like flow states and yoga and dancing and coding. And I think a key aspect of being in this flow state is harmony. Harmony within your mind, harmony between your mind and your body, harmony between you and the world around you. And even with yourself and like expectations of yourself. I suppose harmony is... Partly, you know, letting go of those expectations, partly just being in balance with the different aspects of yourself and even your surroundings. And everything's just, it's not about it being the top of the ladder of expectations, but it's also not down there. It's just, it's kind of in like a, not the best place, but the right place. I yeah. Think everything just being there, the that, right that feeling place. of this is right, as opposed yeah. to this is best. And ultimately, what does it matter what's best or worst? Because what we're looking for is what's right for us. No, I think this is a good wisdom in finding harmony in yourself. And it's finding that balance that really works for you, right? It's like the ultimate form of of balance and maybe a mental state is really valuable to you in a way. Yeah. Well, Stephen, do you have any last thoughts that you'd like to say to our audience before we sign out? On the yoga, try it. Give it a go. I was very pessimistic. In fact, I was initially anti it. Oh, really? Then I was just like, eh, it's probably a thing. Yeah, it just, I mean, this is going, you know, back. It didn't seem something that I could justify why people did it. And then later on, I said, okay, cool. I kind of get it. I can kind of see the sense, but not for me. And the next step was trying it out, enjoying it, but then also realizing the, after doing it a while, the impact it had on me. And once I tangibly felt that impact, I was just like, yeah, let's, let's keep this going. It's, this is good for me. I feel refreshed, feel you know more peaceful and even more focused. It's just jump starts your day and then that jump starts your week. And there's kind of cool momentum about it. And if every other space in your life is chaos or troubling or not where you want to be, you at least have this space that's all for you. That's always going to be there to support you and for you to enjoy. And it only gets better and better in a world where maybe everything else is chaos and flames you've got this little nugget of joy and maybe even purpose to go with yeah and extending that to meditation itself it's another way to almost explore yourself find out more about yourself find out what works for you what's really behind your thoughts and what makes you click and what's out there these are untapped worlds but try out the things that you never thought you'd get into you know, the people around you that you show no interest in necessarily, you know, chance, see what's there. Say that while I'm here, let's give it my all. And if it's not for you, it's not for you. But I found great joy in it. And I have felt many benefits and many insights that I'm going to hold on to. 
So yeah, it's it's a whole world, guys. You know, mindfulness, yoga, self awareness, you know, reflective. It's this cool little world that a lot of people don't know that much about. Even if you know knowledge wise a lot about it, knowing the real experience of what it is and the meaning behind it takes a bit of a journey into it. And so as the live action role playing stuff was this little scary mystery box that I didn't understand. I didn't realize I didn't understand. This may be one of those for you. I agree. Beautiful words. I highly recommend trying yoga out. Anyway, thank you again, Stephen, for coming. This is really great. I always love chatting with you. Thank you for listening. Please check out The Power of Perspective with Stephen Ritchie. And check out our podcast information on Instagram. Like and share the podcast. And as always, embrace your chaos with kindness. Thank you so much. <laughs>